Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchian. My co-host is Brian Johnson. Hello, Brian. How's it going, Charge? You're going to get a rare week off next week. Scott Fish expected to be in next week. Oh, I'm not invited? Uh, no, you are invited. You can come. Maybe yeah, I'll yeah, come by. Or you can have a day off. I it's like your, Scott your choice. I like Scott, too. Scott's a little busy this time of year. <laughs> He's very busy this time of year, and we're excited, uh, excited to have him as part of the show. Uh, we're going to break down the AFC West today with... Everything we believe is going to happen in season this year. We're not recapping what happened off season. We're not recapping what happened last year. This is a forward-facing projections for this coming year for the teams in the AFC West. Before we jump into the most exciting team in football, the Kansas City Chiefs, Brian, let's mention GuillotineLeagues.com. Available now, whether you want a private league with friends, anywhere between 8 and 18 teams you and your friends want to play, or if you don't have friends, you want to join in a, an existing contest, we've got contests. You can just go join right now at every price point that you want to play at, whatever your prizing level is. And, of course, Guillotine Leagues are a unique format where 18 teams start the season. And every week, the low-scoring team for that week gets cut, and all their players go to the waiver wire, and then pandemonium happens. Even their first-round pick? The whole roster, wow. right to the waiver wire, You're not going to find a waiver wire like that anywhere else no, in it's, fantasy football. It is bonkers. And so much strategy and so much fun when Dalvin Cook and Keenan Allen and 
I don't know. And I just, you know, all these great players, the whole draft's worth of players hit the waiver wire. So much fun. GuillotineLeagues.com. We encourage you to check it out. Also available, my cheat sheet is now available there, both for Guillotine League purposes and regular non-Guillotine League purposes. My cheat sheet there for both. All right, Brian, let's jump into the Kansas City Chiefs, probably the offense that is most familiar to listeners already because everybody wants to have a piece of the Chiefs on their team. There aren't really many pieces of the Chiefs to have, though, for such a Is high that funny? Like, yeah. you, you think of, like, the Rams and the Kurt Warner days. There was Kurt and then Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Azahir Akeem, yeah. uh, Marshall was, Falk, of course. There was yeah. – you wanted – there was – players that you wanted uh, a piece of really for the <laughs> the Chiefs there's four maybe even three and, three and a half, half. <laughs> yeah three and a half guys yeah but uh yeah Kansas City uh, it's a consolidation of power though that oh, fantasy yeah. owners love oh totally uh Kansas City coming off arguably one of the worst Super Bowl performances of all time last year uh no changes at head coach uh, Air, uh Andy Reid or uh OC Eric Bieniemy, of course uh First in yards per game last year, 414 per game, 21 more yards than the next team. That's the significant delta, uh, which was Green Bay, by the way. Sixth in points per game. They passed the ball the fifth uh, most among all NFL teams nearly 63% of the time. That means they did not run a lot. Uh, 28th in run play percentage was Kansas City. But uh, let's just basically, we got to get to the big three. And it starts with Travis Kelsey, who ADP of six. Six. Right now. Yeah. Six. Deservedly so, by Deservedly the way. Deservedly so. He's been the number one fantasy-producing tight end in three straight years. Yeah. Uh, clearly, tight end one off the board. Last year, he finished as a top three wide receiver. Yeah. So, uh, there's not much, uh, nothing new I can really tell you about Travis Kelsey, uh, other than he's awesome. Um, there's, we'll get to the, 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 the riskiest player. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's got to be one of the big three, yeah, basically. Right, but uh, right. and we'll see if it's Travis Kelsey or not. But Kelsey, you're paying a premium right now. This is like buying Dogecoin at sixty nine cents, mm-hmm. right? You're 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 paying for the upside. We saw he's got to live up to it. So I'm not saying it's a good pick or a bad pick. Uh, I'm I'm on the fence there. But uh, ADP six tight end one Travis Kelsey. It's insane. Uh, Tyree Hill since June first, and you know the more. Aaron Rodgers' rumblings we're getting out of Green Bay mm-hmm. has usurped Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs as wide receiver one, uh, ADP of nine. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those are the two guys that Patrick Mahomes is throwing to. And again, I have Tyreek Hill as my number one wide receiver. And a lot of people do now. Uh, maybe he has the most risk among the Chiefs, but we'll find out soon. Um, I should mention at the end of each one of these, we identify the player with the most risk versus ADP and the player with the most upside versus ADP. So that's coming at the end of each team. And uh, as for the other wide receivers, do you really want any piece of it? Uh, Sammy Watkins gone, of course. Not like he was ever really there, except week one. He's a a week one superstar. Uh, Demarcus Robinson is dust. It's really Mecole Hardman and Byron Pringle. And uh, they're both Almost free. Uh, Pringle's certainly free. Mikkel Hardman um, going off the board at pick 163. That's well past the 12th, 13th round. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm interested in both of those guys at yeah. what it costs to acquire them. Um, Pringle is a, a young guy with upside who could win the Sammy Watkins role outright if they want to keep Mikkel Hardman doing what he has been doing as the sort of gadget guy that he is. 
Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll touch on one of these two okay, guys. Okay, okay, we'll, all right, okay. Towards the end all of right. the, the, the Chiefs Sorry. review. But yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, clearly there, there's got to be some upside <laughs> right. outside it, of the it, big it three. Can't be, it can't be the big three. Uh, and last and certainly not least, uh, when it comes to the passing game, Patrick Mahomes, uh, QB1 off the board, to no surprise. Uh, overall ADP of 30, so he's going mid-third round right mm-hmm. now. Uh, there's nothing I can tell you that you don't already know about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we might see him run a little less this year just to yeah. keep him healthier. He certainly has the ability to run a better runner than I expected him to be coming into the league. Uh, very mobile. He likes to hit the circle button. I like his, his spin maneuvers. But uh, the only question with Mahomes is, are you going to take a quarterback that early in a ridiculously loaded quarterback yeah. class? And again, depends how hard, how far he falls. But I don't know if I'm reaching for Mahomes this year, if I can get a top-tier quarterback around or two later, or even four or five, six rounds later. But uh, those are clearly the big three. The offense is going to funnel through all of them. If something were to happen to any of them, it drastically changes the, the landscape of the whole team. Um, but the last guy we got to talk about, the, the half a player, uh, hopefully he's more of a whole player this year, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, CEH. Uh, right now, going off the board at RB16, it feels just about right to me. It's kind of like the last... Uh, he's the last of the third tier of running backs yeah. outside the elite guys. Right, right after him, you get into like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders territory. Uh, Ceh, though, arguably one of the biggest, healthiest busts of 2020. Yeah, I agree. We saw his ADP soar into oh, yeah. I, top I, five. Picks. I took him in a league at like pick seven overall well, last yeah, year. Well, once Damian Williams opted out and he was the lead back, uh, he certainly did not live up to that ADP. He came out of the gates hot though. He had a, he had a very exciting. Uh, week one game, he I did. remember, but uh, just never got it going. He was a little dinged up, but um, at RB16, I'm buying at that price. Uh, he's not a dead cat, runs behind a great O-line, ranks seventh by pro football focus going into this season. Yeah, uh, and, and let's touch on that for just a second. Sure. You know, we, we all a lot of people are going to remember the terrible Chiefs offensive line from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But this is a they they did a great job of restocking this offensive yeah. line and making sure that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to suffer that indignity again. And Orlando Brown there now they get um they get their doctor, yeah. uh, Laurent Duvet Tardif back, and so he comes back. Joe Thune's there. Um, Mike Remmers should not see the field, which is a critical distinction here. Uh, Kyle Long. I mean, I just, this is a far, far better offensive line than the one we saw in the Super Bowl. Definitely. And uh, we'd like to see uh, Kansas City throw to their running backs more. Chiefs backs totaled only 76 catches last year. That was uh, well in the bottom half of the league. And uh, I will throw this out uh, lastly. I do like Jarek McKinnon as a, as a oh, deep sleeper. Oh, come so, on, man. Uh, I, I, last pick good. in the draft. He's not good. He's good when he's healthy. No, he isn't. He's better than Daryl Williams, who's going. No, I, I don't even know if that's true. I, I disagree there. I, I don't mind Jarek McKinnon with the last pick uh, in your draft, especially if you are if you got CEH on board. Uh, he could... He could return some. Vikings uh, kicked him to the curb. Niners kicked him to the curb. He's, you know, through injury and whatever else, he's just never lived up to the collegiate hike hype for Jarek McKinnon. We will see about Jet. Okay. But, uh, okay. The riskiest player I got, of course, it's got to be from one of the big three, and I'm going with Tyreek Hill, uh, now going off the board as wide receiver one. Yes, he was second in receiving touchdowns last year with 15, but seven. Pretty good. Pretty good. Seventh in yards, though. And outside the top 10 in receptions. In fact, Hill only had three 100-yard games mm-hmm. in the regular season last year. Yeah. Uh, for reference, Calvin Ridley had eight. Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, seven. Travis Kelsey had six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and going down the line, Cole Beasley had five. 
Corey Davis had five 100-yard games. I mean, some of these names, they are not very Tyree Killian. So, yes, he can still live up to the wide receiver <laughs> one ADP. Yeah, but I, I would be a little more tempted to go running back or if Travis Kelsey happened to still be on board. I, I could live with getting a Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs in the second round. Because it's either a Kelsey or a Tyreek Hill game. Yes, they both kind of go it, off. So let's say you're you're sitting at like pick five or six in the first round. Hill is there. Kelsey's there. Oh, it's Kelsey. I mean, you take the tight end differentiator. I think so. I too. mean, Kelsey finished as a better wide receiver <laughs> statistically <laughs> than Tyreek Hill last year. So that's that's my riskiest player. I'm certainly not saying don't right. draft Tyreek Hill. Who's the Hill. player with the upside? Uh, the upside, I'm going with, it's one of the, the non-Tyreek Hill wide receivers. And I'm going with Byron Pringle, who right now is getting drafted. Pick 235. Nicole Hardman's going off the board at 163. So Pringle, essentially free. I'm just I'm just out on Hardman. I've given him given him chances. Everybody's been burned on Hardman the, the last two years. Twice. So yeah, maybe this is the year he finally pops off. But I'm just going to take the free player in Pringle, who only played in week five, six, eight, eleven, and seventeen last week. Only five games uh, was not much of a factor in the playoffs either. But when he when he was given playing time, he showed he could play. And a guy, if he gets eighty, a hundred targets, if you extrapolate the production, his limited production, mm-hmm. he's a 600, 700-yard guy, six, seven touchdowns yeah. as a floor. And if something were to happen to Tyreek Hill, of course, Hardman's stock goes up too, but so would Pringles. I'm yeah. just going to take the cheapest guy. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. And uh, I, was, I was the guy putting bets on Pringle in the playoffs, um, including he was, there was a bet about, there was a bet who would be the first chief to catch a pass in the Super Bowl. And Pringle was like 30 to 1. And we nailed it. Nice. He was the first. He was the first cheap. That was his only catch of the game. By the way, was the first was the first catch of the game. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move over to the Los Angeles Chargers. I feel like this Chargers offense is ready to explode and could oh, easily yeah. see a massive uptick from last year's 18th ranking in points and 10th ranking in yards per game. The front office has wisely positioned the entire organization to maximize. Justin Herbert, and I love it. The Air Bear. The Air Bear. New head coach Brandon Staley is a defensive guy, and new offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi will guide the offense. In addition to being Vince Lombardi's grandson, he was the Saints quarterback coach for the last five years. Brian, what's not to like about being the Saints, having the Saints quarterback coach come in and work with Justin Herbert? You've just been working with Drew Brees, who's, who was effectively coaching Joe Lombardi on what it's like to be a great quarterback and how to prepare like a great quarterback. I think Lombardi is, is well-positioned to help make sure that Justin Herbert, Air Bear, does everything possible to be great. I now, love it. Yeah. Furthering Justin Herbert's cause was an offensive line that has been retooled and upgraded in so many ways. Four-fifths of the line is new, and all four are upgrades from the players who were there last year. The Chargers spent a first-round pick on athletic left tackle Rashawn Slater. At right tackle, Brian Balaga returns after missing much of last year from injury. Massive upgrade at center, where they signed Corey Lindsley from the Packers in free agency. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he gave up seven pressures all of last year. That's it? That's it. And both guards are new in free agency. 
Matt Feiler, Feeler, formerly of the Texans, is mostly just a guy, but he's not a liability. And Ode Abushi, formerly of the Jets, is coming off his best NFL season. He only allowed one sack last year. And those are your two new guards. This is a massively upgraded offensive line. Again, Chargers spent this offseason making sure Justin Herbert is in position to succeed. And I'm very excited for him after a record-setting rookie season. I thought he demonstrated remarkable poise, arm strength, good accuracy. Not elite accuracy, but I think that'll come yet. And I'm not carving a bust in Canton for him yet, but his rookie season suggests that kind of trajectory for him. Well, yeah. What was it, like week three when Tarod Taylor got two impaled by uh, the team yeah. doctor? And, yeah, I remember no one. Ex- everyone saw Herbert warming up and were like, this kid's going to get thrown to the wolves. He was against the Chiefs, <laughs> yeah, and, and they almost won. Yeah, but he did not get thrown to the Wolves. And he had no prep as the starter because yeah. the, you know, the injury went down 10 minutes before mm-hmm. kickoff. So, you know, you find out 10 minutes before kickoff, you need to go face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I, I'm almost certain they went to overtime yeah, in that game. Yeah, it was a game. great game. Um, there is no reason to believe that Herbert will regress this year, and especially with all these other things that are happening. He's going off the board as quarterback six. I think that is an appropriate ranking for him. Let's talk about his wideouts. Uh, we're going to get we're going to spend more time on Keenan Allen in a few minutes. Let's go over to Mike Williams. Unlike Keenan Allen, who blossomed under Justin Herbert, Williams remained on the same trajectory he had always been on, which is bad game, bad game, bad game, good game. Bad game, bad game, good game, bad game, bad game, bad game, bad game, good game. He's been dinged, though, hasn't he? Ah, he not he, really. He makes some incredible. He played every game last year. He makes some amazing catches, though. I mean, the guy can play. I don't. Well, once a uh, month, he's great. Once a month. He's in his meager four games with a touchdown last year. In those four games, he averaged 125 touchdowns. Sorry, 1.25 touchdowns. And 98 yards. Very good games. Yeah. You want to talk about his other games? No. How about the other 12 games without a touchdown when he averaged 37 yards and no touchdown? He smoked your team in 12 games last year. Yeah. That's Mike Williams. I think the way to go here, the last pick of your draft, emerging young wide receiver Tyron Johnson, now in his third year. He saw his usage spike in December last year when he averaged four catches, 44 yards, and half a touchdown per game in December. That's almost exactly what Mike Williams put up in December. Johnson could beat out Williams outright and force Williams into more of a passing down only role. I think Johnson's a fascinating last pick of the draft. Jalen Guyton is the other receiver. He runs from the slot. That puts him behind Keenan Allen, so he's dead to us until Allen gets hurt, which sometimes he does. Please don't, though, Keenan. Your starting tight end is Jared Cook taking over for Hunter Henry. You know the drill on Cook by this point. He's a veteran journeyman on his sixth NFL team. That tells you plenty. I think Cook is startable only in tight end positive matchups. You pick him up off the waiver wire and... You give him a go when you see a positive matchup. Otherwise, you don't mess with him. In deeper, uh, mostly dynasty leagues, especially tight end premium leagues, keep your eye on Donald Parham yeah, of people, XFL people, fame. People do like him play. as a sleeper. Yep. Yeah. Long-term sleeper. Let's go to the running back position. Austin Eckler is going to be one of the most divisive fantasy players this year. Not on this show. I love his all-purpose skill set. I'm with you. Um, I think he's got elite PPR upside. 
you know, last year we were we spent much of the summer pounding the table for Austin Eckler, and then he suffered that devastating hamstring injury where he lost eight games. But let's talk about what we did learn from him. Uh, he averaged a whopping six receptions per game last year. It's hard for a runner to flop when he's giving you six PPR points just on his receptions every game. And if he's averaging even like six yards per reception, okay, great. There's, you know, there's 10 points right there just on his receptions. In Eckler's nine healthy games last year, he scored or topped 87 total yards in seven of the nine games. So it wasn't like hyper splashy games, but he was very consistent producer in his nine healthy games last season. The only running backs I'm taking over Eckler as of right now in no particular order, McCaffrey, Cook, Henry. That's it for oh, me. Well, you know, I thought I'm I taking, liked him. I'm taking him over Barkley, wow. Kamara, okay. Zeke, yep. Jonathan I, Taylor. I got him at nine. So you've um, got him at like five, it sounds like. So uh, holy cow. Yeah, I'm very I'm very bullish on Eckler. Right. Uh, but let's mention this. Austin Eckler's never rushed for more than three touchdowns in a season, which is shocking. And some people reasonably want to see more carries than he gives you from a second round, late first round, early second round running back. You know, that's a legit worry. Uh, Eckler's backup in training camp is going to be, it's going to be something to watch. It'll be either Josh Kelly or Justin Jackson. And we don't know for sure yet. That's going to be something to get sorted out in the preseason um, I don't. Either way, I'm not particularly interested. Yeah, those those rushing touchdown numbers aren't great. Of course, he hasn't really been given the chance to accumulate for tons. No, of, they don't. It's not like he's a, a lot of carries. He's not like yeah. he's a concern at the goal line either, because the dude is a he's, a he's, beast. Yeah, he's built. So I'm not he's yeah. built. So let's go back to new offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. He just got done seeing how Alvin Kamara was used. I don't see. You know, I think Eckler will be his Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that makes, it, makes he sense. stays healthy. He's he's in line for a, a monster year. And of course, Herbert's got to stay healthy and yeah. down the line with the offensive line. Yeah, pun intended. But you, uh, yeah. you may have forgotten this, by the way. Week one of last year, Josh Kelly went berserk, and then he did nothing the rest of the year. Um, so just you know, he's the second year back, and he might he might be in line to be the backup, but either way, I think you'd probably just avoid both of those guys. All right, let's talk about the riskiest Chargers player at his current ADP, and that's Mike Williams. Even though he's not, his ADP is not very high. It's wide receiver 53 in the round, in round 12, but I think he's in, he's in danger to lose his job, as I mentioned earlier, and he's proven year over year to be one of the least predictable fantasy producers in the entire league. The player with the most upside compared to his ADP Keenan Allen. I told you we'd talk about him later. Here he is. He's going off the board as wide receiver nine in the third round. It feels like Keenan Allen's 100 years old, but he's 29. He's still right in the prime of his career. Obviously, he's an elite possession receiver. He surged in the second half of the season as Herbert got better. Keenan Allen was just powering teams in his last full seven games last year, he averaged eight catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown per game. If you put those seven games where Herbert was, you know, getting, you know, was getting this first handful of games out of the way. Mm-hmm. So Herbert's starting to click at the quarterback position. Allen's putting up those eight catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown per game. 
It translates into an 1,100-yard, 16-touchdown season, which would have made Keenan Allen wide receiver three across a full season. Yeah, he's just got a... He's had his injuries in the past. Certainly hasn't had Justin Herbert as his quarterback in the past. The time is now. Yeah, time he, is now. Or, I mean, he's been putting up numbers. for. A he long has time, been but, putting up good but numbers. But, yeah, when he's but, on and he's healthy and he's got a quarterback like Herbert, yeah, there is no stopping Now, the him. healthy is a concern, right? And some people are still bitter. Do you remember last year, Keenan Allen tweeted mm-hmm. to fantasy owners, like, you know, go ahead and start me. Oh, it was like week 15. And, and then he didn't it. play. Yeah, that was bad. That was not cool. And, you could, and he got the kick out of it, too. He, I think he, he probably del- enjoyed yeah. that. You know, Not but cool, fantasy owners can be assholes and they've probably been jerks to him on Twitter and other places. And he probably exacted a little revenge, but still NFL players, your yeah. salaries get paid by you, us. You can thank us for that. Yeah, absolutely. They're not nearly as high without the fantasy football community. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to break down the Las Vegas Raiders and Denver Broncos as we go through the AFC West and identify our favorite and least favorite players versus ADP and what we expect to happen over the course of this coming season. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson with you. Well, you've got the Raiders, Brian, and that means there the is. whole thing is going to be about Darren Waller. Pretty much. The Raiders have two players inside the top 140 players. <laughs> and, of course, it's Waller and then Josh Jacobs, uh, ADP of 80, and then Kenyon Drake at 141. So let's just get the, the running game out of the way uh, for the Raiders, who ran the ball the 10th uh, highest uh, amount last year, 44% of the time, top 10 uh, in rush play percentage. 
the O-line is pretty much almost oh, entirely well, totally rebuilt. Re- yeah. re- and, and I don't know that no, that's a good thing. No, it's, 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 uh, it looks like a downgrade uh, pretty much across the board for the three starters they lost uh, from last year. Pro Football Focus has them ranked 25th, uh, their offensive line going into the season. They did draft left tackle Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama mm-hmm. with the 17th overall pick, but he was viewed as a, as a Second reach. Second or third rounder, yeah. Reached by most, so and then they they bring in uh, Richie Incognito to to shore up that left side. Well, uh, in, in in fairness, it, Incognito's yeah. been good, although injured when he plays, he's been good. Um, so yeah, but the the line uh, probably not going to be as good, and it was pretty much mediocre at best last year. So nothing to get excited about there. Uh, the Raiders uh, obviously brought in Kenyon Drake uh, to form a. <laughs> Pretty much a platoon at running back, it seems like. That's with, uh, the worry. The uninspiring Josh Jacobs. Shockingly, last year, uh, Drake with the Cardinals, of course, uh, Drake and Jacobs were tied uh, with the most rush attempts inside the 10-yard line with 35, and both recorded nine touchdowns. Somewhat effective, so good luck trying to figure out that mm-hmm. John Gruden coin flip on a week-in, week-out basis. I'm basically off of this running game uh, entirely. So Either one needs to uh, miss significant time to really clear up an opening for either Jacobs or Drake, and we'll probably talk about Josh Jacobs a little bit. Oh, okay. All right, then I'm not going to drill down too much on Josh Jacobs right now, but I'll say this. I mean, the the fantasy community is down on Jacobs, so much so that I think he's starting to sound like value where he's getting drafted, but we're, you know, he's, he's starting to appear in the 20s. In some people's rankings, yeah, he, and he's clinging to the teens right now. Yep, but we'll, uh, that's, yeah, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. Yeah, right. and we won't talk too much about it either. Uh, as for the passing game, uh, like you said, basically one guy, basically one guy in the whole team, and that's Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. Uh, got red hot in Week Eleven. Uh, finished on a tear last year, averaging more than seven and a half catches and one hundred nine yards in his final seven games with five touchdowns. Extrapolate that over a full. 17 game season now. Yes. (laughs) That is 128 catches, 1,853 yards, and 12 touchdowns for Darren Waller. Even a 17 game extrapolate, or I'm sorry, a 16 game extrapolation. He's a top 10 wide receiver. uh, Going in the mid second as tight end two. One of the guys who could usurp Travis Kelsey as the top tight end. He certainly has that potential. The, The passing game is going to run through him. Uh, it's certainly not going to run through Henry, <laughs> Henry Ruggs, Ruggs or Ooh. John Brown or Brian Edwards. Uh, the the quote-unquote big three for the Raiders wide receivers has changed last year from last year. Nelson Aguilar gone. We won't see a ton of Zay Jones, but uh, Las Vegas did not pass the ball a lot. Mentioned how they ran the 10th most times. Uh, the wide receivers finished as a unit, 31st in catches, 22nd in yards, and 18th in touchdowns with 14. And, of course, that one Henry Ruggs bomb against the Jets should not yeah, count. Yeah, yeah, so should not count. We'll that's strike right. that from that's the a, record. That's a Greg Williams blunder is all that is. So, yeah, nothing to get too excited about uh, with the wide receivers. I'm certainly not targeting Ruggs. Uh, even at pick 170, it's like wide receiver 50-ish. I uh, there's one wide receiver I might draft, and we'll talk about him okay. uh, after we talk about Josh Jacobs again, who's the riskiest Raider based on ADP. There's really only two guys that fall into this category. Right. I, I, I love Darren Waller right. too much. I'm right. not going Darren Waller. Uh, RB19 right now for Jacobs, uh, way too expensive for me. Even if no Kenyon Drake, that might be a little too pricey for me. Uh, Jacobs, very uninspiring. 
uh, watching him play. Uh, ran for under four yards per carry last year. Only averaged more than four yards per carry in six games. Yeah, that's bad. Absolutely. And this offensive line's worse. I don't think the line's going to give him more opportunity. It might be less. And despite being pretty effective in the red zone, Drake was equally as effective, and he's a better pass catcher as well. So mm-hmm. I am all out on Josh. Like he's on my you know my my kill list. If if I can take yeah. a guy out of my draft pool. He's gone. He's like one of the first ones. And then for upside, actually, I was going to go Brian Edwards. He's There's some steam around, around Edwards, a rookie last year. Didn't get a ton of playing yeah. time. Um, but it's Derek Carr, uh, QB 26 right now. That's ridiculous. He finished last year as like QB 12 yeah. in fantasy scoring. He's going after Trey Lance, Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I don't hate the Fitzpatrick going before him, but... Derek Carr, eighth most passing touchdowns last year with 27, despite finishing outside the top 12 in attempts. He also added three rushing touchdowns. The Raiders throw the ball more. They're going to have to. Yeah. uh, Like I said, we don't love the running game. Uh, Carr, as basically the last pick in your draft as a backup quarterback, he could return top 12, top 15 uh, numbers for the quarterback position. So I'm going to differ with you on only one guy, materially differ with you. Okay. And it's not even materially. Henry Ruggs at wide receiver 50, whatever. Yeah, there's upside. There's so much upside. I mean, Darren Waller can't catch every touchdown. If you think Derek Carr is going to find his way to just a middle of the road 25 passing touchdowns, if half of them go to Waller, that still leaves 12 touchdowns to go someplace. Where are they going to go? I mean, Ruggs has got to finish with like five, six of those. One would think. But I don't know. Um, I mean, there's just nobody else to catch a pass. So I feel like I feel like there's a chance there. And then, you know, maybe it's John Brown as a seasoned veteran who maybe this year he stays healthy 16. He might be a good value yeah, here. He's, there's, John Brown's the epitome of a, a, a best ball guy. Yeah, he really <laughs> is. Know, yeah, uh, yeah, John Brown is a, in like Deshaun Jackson. He, yeah. He's in that ilk. But uh, the thing on Brown, though, is I think we know what Brown is. And the yeah. Bills knew what Brown was. And they cut him. And. I just think we know we know he is. Ruggs still has freaky upside athletically if he can pull the rest of it together, which obviously he was not close to doing last year. But they're all man. The NFL is littered with receivers who did nothing in year one and were way better in year two. I'm still I'm still liking Brian Edwards. 50, 60 picks later, only two or more targets in five games for Edwards. Know, but he was he, invisible. He, he looks like an alpha for I sure. Looks like an alpha, but. Only 11 catches in those uh, on the season, but he did average a very impressive seven, <laughs> 17 and a half yards per catch. Okay, it's not a sample size that works, though. No, but right. he had a lot of long catches. Let's move on to Denver. Offensive uh, coordinator Pat Shermer's greatest success throughout his entire career, probably as Minnesota's offensive coordinator, which he parlayed into then getting the Giants head coaching job. And he's now teamed up with Minnesota's assistant general manager, now his general manager in Denver, George Payton. And considering Minnesota's run-heavy orientation, I don't think it was surprising that George Payton spent that second-round pick on running back Javante Williams, who's going to be featured a lot in what should be a run-heavy attack that minimizes the quarterback position whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And let's talk about that for a minute because this might be the NFL's only true open competition in training camp is between these two. Yeah, probably. You know, there's like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, but, you know, their coaches are all saying those guys are on the slow boat, right? That there's no plans to start them early. And they yeah. might be honest about that. This is like the, the only 
openly acknowledged quarterback competition is the one in Denver. So what's interesting, though, is Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are stylistically totally opposite guys. Mm -hmm. Teddy, as you already know, is a check down specialist who tries to minimize mistakes and can't make big plays. He's averaging almost exactly one touchdown pass per game throughout his entire career with now several different teams. This is his fourth team. One touchdown per game is embarrassing at the NFL level. That's Teddy Bridgewater. Then there's Drew Locke. Only Tom Brady averaged deeper passes last year than Drew Locke at 9.1 intended air yards, and he was fifth in aggressiveness, a next-gen stat that notes a willingness to throw into tight coverage. He is your YOLO downfield, don't care if you're covered, don't care the consequences quarterback. <laughs> this uh, post-game comment from Locke from last season will forever live in my brain. Uh, when asked uh, just in general about his bad plays, uh, he responded, quote, Half the time, right as the ball leaves my hands, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> At least he's honest. That's great. Um, so I think we're rooting for Locke to win this job. Um, he did throw a league-worst 15 interceptions, which is highlighted by the quote you just gave us. A lot of oh, no. Um, but you know what? I'll take it. I, I We need somebody who can press downfield, and that's Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater throttles this whole offense and that's why three teams have given up on Teddy Bridgewater now I, I will give uh, Teddy this I was shocked to see last year you know he was with Carolina of course at mm -hmm. Robbie Anderson uh DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel were all like top 24 wide receivers which you would not yeah, think he is only possible. threw 15 touchdowns last year so yes that is it is hard to believe um let's go to the wideouts Cortland Sutton returns after his lost season with the ACL and MCL and if you recall, he got hurt in week one. He was week going one. off. He was. He had like six <laughs> catches already yeah, or something. It was like, the like second the quarter. Game. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a good game. We were um, we were awfully optimistic at this time last year. At this time last year, he was going off the board as wide receiver 16. Yeah. Right now, he's wide receiver 32. We'll talk more about him later in the show. Okay. Uh, after being the 15th player taken in the draft, Jerry Judy disappointed us last year. Uh, just three touchdowns and only three games with more than 68 yards. But all all signs point up. He'll be better in year two. Uh, the return of Cortland Sutton will help take coverage off of him. Um, and between Bridgewater and Locke, there should be some kind of competent quarterbacking. Let's, you know, either Locke gets better or at least you have Bridgewater for basic competency at the position. So I, I think Judy's probably pretty safe and I expect him to be better in year two. Your slot position guy is K.J. Hamler. And in the second half of last year, he started getting 20, 30, 40 snaps a game. And so I think he walks into the starting role here. But he's squarely behind Judy and Sutton and Noah Fant in the pecking order for balls. And he feels like just a spot starter. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they... I don't know if Tim Patrick can run out of the slot, but if they try to... He does not run out of the slot. Uh, Patrick impressed me last almost year. Almost only. Yeah. He, he was a viable option. He was. With Sutton out, you yeah. know, we did see some... We saw some flashes, but he will need Judy or Sutton to yeah. go down before we can count on Tim Patrick. So let's talk Noah Fan, who might be the most divisive player on this team for fantasy owners to figure out. He's a former first-rounder who could be sitting on a breakout season. You might recall last year... The first three games of the year, Noah Fant was healthy. He scored twice in the three games, and he posted 
46 yards, 57 yards, and 83 yards. Noah Fant. Then he suffered an ankle injury, and he was never the same guy. They He missed a game, they played their bye week, and then he played hobbled the rest of the year. And he just, you, he was, you, you'd see him limping with one, you're dragging a leg behind him. And he scored one time the rest of the way. History is littered with first round tight ends who explode in year three. Hmm. Tony Gonzalez, Jeremy Shockey, Greg Olson, Tyler Eifert, all did nothing, did very little until year three and they blow up. This is year three for Noah Fant. He was on pace through those three healthy games last year to be a monster. This could be the big breakout year for him. The The questions are going to be quarterbacking and ball distribution. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if, if Sutton and Judy are both very good and they can be very good players, is there enough ball to go around to feed Noah Fant as well? We will find out. Let's go to the running back position. One of the biggest storylines in all fantasy football, is going to be the ball distribution and the contest between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Just give it to Javante. That's what we all want. And in fact, I want to talk about that. Okay. I mean, fantasy owners always want the rookie to get immediate playing time. But more often than not, it does not work out that way mm-hmm. to the desire of fantasy owners. We're all, you know, we want to make the change immediately. Coaches are like, I want the guy in the backfield who can block a blitz and not get my quarterback killed. Right. Now, you may recall Pat Shermer, when he was head coach of the Giants, guided Saquon Barkley to the, one of the best rookie seasons of any running back ever. Barkley got 20 touches in year, in, sorry, in week one of his rookie season. Then the next week, he got 25 touches, and the week after that, he got 22 touches. So, you know, Shermer identified greatness in Saquon Barkley and fed him the ball right away. Maybe he does that with Javante Williams. Williams is powerful. He's elusive, a tackle breaker, a goal line back with 19 touchdowns last year. And, Brian, the Broncos traded up to get Javante Williams. They went and got their guy. I always feel like that's an intangible indicator of how much a team likes a guy. Definitely. I think Williams is going to get enough immediate work to be a flex-worthy runner in September with a chance to rise up to like a 70% workload over Melvin Gordon over the course of the season. Probably won't happen as fast as we want, but Williams is pretty special. Now, Melvin Gordon wasn't bad last year, but he also wasn't good. He averaged 4.5 yards per carry, but only .2 yards over expectation per next-gen stats which puts him behind plotting runners like James Conner and Devontae Booker and Damian Harris and Wayne Gallman. And one would expect more from their One would expect more. He back. scored nine touchdowns on the ground, Gordon did. And so people, I think, might be, they might feel like those nine touchdowns, you know, helped them last year. I just don't think Gordon's that good. And I don't think teams trade up to get to the top of the second round to take a running back if they don't really like him. Agreed. And plan to use him. Feed Javante. So who's the riskiest player at his current ADP? It's Melvin Gordon, who's going off the board as running back 27 in the fifth round. He's going five spots ahead of Javante Williams. Mm-mm. I don't like it. No, sir. Um, and then the player with the most upside compared to his current ADP, Cortland Sutton. He is going off the board as wide receiver 32 after going off the board last year at this time as wide receiver 16. So literally a doubling of his ADP. 
his sophomore year, you forget, he had 1,100 yards as a sophomore with six touchdowns and then lost last year. Now in his fourth season, you figure he gets back to the 1,100 yards and maybe do be- and could easily do better than the six touchdowns. Obviously, his reconstructed knee is a concern, but he's been running on that knee since March. And Coach Vic Fangio says he does not expect him to start the season on the pup list, inferring he's going to be ready by week one. Oh, he's yeah. going to participate in training camp. So you'll well, be a year, a year removed from injury by then. He'll be good to go. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. We encourage you to check out all of my player rankings available at guillotineleagues.com. And how about it playing in a guillotine league while you're there? It's the funnest, freshest way to play fantasy football. We should uh, maybe have like a listener's league where we can invite some people oh. to compete against us. You want to coordinate that? Maybe I'll ask Matt to do it. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I will. Maybe I will. If we get right. a little interest in it. Let's see a little uh, feedback on Twitter about it. Yeah, all right. So use. Uh, let's use a hashtag. Um, uh, let's get my hashtag for this. How about hashtag um, guacamole? Hashtag, hashtag guacamole. guacamole. If we get 18 people who hashtag guacamole. Well, other people well, are going to just hashtag guacamole. You got to say like FFW guacamole or something like that. Uh, well, you don't. You think there's going to be a lot? Of, well, they'll at one of us when they do it. Okay. At BTXJ or at Paul Charchian with a hashtag guacamole or FFW guacamole if you feel so inclined. And then we'll, uh, if we get 18 people, let's do it. Yeah, well, I'm sure All right. we will. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. I think. Uh, first, I, you know what? I don't know what division we're doing next week yet. It'll be the uh, NFC, though. Or, yeah, we wrapped that. the AFC. Yeah, wrapped the AFC. We'll talk through one of the NFC know. divisions. The, the sun rises in the, the east. Yeah, no, I, I feel pretty good about that happening. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you in a week. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.